Hello and happy Friday, everyone. Ah, here we are again. It's Friday, and I don't know how we got here. The weeks are just going by too fast, and I have concluded that it's because I'm off on Mondays. That is what that's what is messing up my weeks and making me wonder how on earth we got to to Friday. I don't know. It's crazy. Hello, Anne-Marie, in your best posh voice. <laughs> I love that. Hi, Pepper. Pepper, I miss you. Anne-Marie has just announced this morning that she is coming to Kansas this summer, and we are terribly excited about that. I told her to bring all of Wales, not just the kids. And um, so super excited about that. Blessings on finding a, a flight that will be a blessing to you. Okay, you guys, we're talking about inheritance. I love this new series that we're in. It's kind of a mini series, it's just three weeks long. But because of all of our lives, we get to talk about it multiple times. And um, so the series is Kingdom Currency. And this week, we're talking about inheritance. Um, you do not want to miss Sunday. Vince will be teaching, she says in air quotes, because... I am very aware of what it is that God is asking events. So be praying for him and tune in because I'm just sure you don't want to miss this. Um, anyway, so with inheritance this morning, I was like, okay, God, like I could say a lot about this, right? We could say a lot about inheritance. We have been given a lot to steward, right? But I really felt drawn back to Genesis. Actually, I just love to give you the layout of how I conclude where I start because it's just fun for me. <laughs> it was actually the beginning of Joshua that really started this rabbit trail for me because in, in Joshua, God is giving him instruction on, on how to cross over into the promised land. And in it, he says to, that he can cross over the, the, the river Jordan, right? And that, that God would do the same for him that he did for Moses. And that right there just reeks of inheritance, right? To remember what God has already done and trust him in that. And I, uh, I just, I love that. And so immediately my mind went to the ultimate inheritance that we have is the image of God. And so we have no choice. We've got to go back to the beginning. And if you know me, you know that I love the first three chapters of Genesis, my favorite favorite, favorite, favorite place to camp out because it's mind-blowing that a, a, an eternal God would even consider creating creating something in, in, in his own image that has the free will to act like him or not. I mean, it's just mind-blowing. So let's start in Genesis 1. We're going to read Genesis 1, 26 through 30. And God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And we have to pause there because we've got to look at that us. And God said, let us make man in our image. And I love the footnote that, that's in my Bible. It says, let us reveals that a council was held among the three of the Godhead regarding the creation of man. The decision to create man had been made by the triune God in eternity past 
indicating that the creation of man was for the eternal purpose of the triune God. What's not to love about that? We have always been on his mind. Even before we he spoke us into existence, we were on his mind. And I love thinking and considering of um, being made in his image as part of our inheritance, as part of that kingdom currency. What am I doing with his image? I am an image bearer. Say that over yourself. I am an image bearer. What are you doing with his image, right? <laughs> like with inheritance, it has everything to do with spending. Bless my son in the background. Um, <laughs> it has everything to do with spending. How are you spending your image? You are made in the very likeness of God. How are you spending that? All right. And God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of heaven and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, Anne Marie. (laughs) Verse 20. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created him. Now, I love this because he 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 makes all he makes all of humanity in this moment. We cannot we cannot deny what's going on here. We we think that this is just him narrating what he's about to do with Adam, but I'm sorry, he didn't make male and female in Adam, right? He he made male and female in this moment. He saw the collective Angie's taking liberties here. He saw the collective of the Ecclesia and said, oh my gosh, this is very good, right? All right, where's your hanky waving? Come on, that was good. He looked and he saw, everything up to this point is just good. He looked and he saw that it was good. Now he makes, he makes man in his own image, male and female, he creates them. He looks at the collective of his governing body and declares, whoa, that's very good. Ah, you guys, this has everything to do with our inheritance. What are we, the body, doing with the image of Christ? I don't know. This, I think that taking dominion has everything to do with our image. What What is it that we're, we're doing with the image of God? Okay, here we go. Verse 28, and God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of heaven and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Isn't that interesting? He basically repeats himself. I think he was excited. <laughs> do you ever repeat yourself when you're excited about something? I do. All the time. I'm like, wait, I don't think you heard what I just said. I've already done it on here like three times. God gets excited and he repeats himself and he says, he blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heaven and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every herb that produces seed that is on the surface of the earth and every tree, which has fruit that produces seed. They shall be for you as food 
and to every animal on the earth and to every bird of heaven and to everything that creeps upon the earth in which is a living soul. I have given every green herb for food. And it was so. This is a God that is taken with his handiwork. He's taken with his handiwork. He's going, look, look what I've done. You know, do you, have you ever created something or done something really well? And you have that ta-da moment and you're like, I'll avoid the person next to you because you want to make sure that they don't miss out on this moment. This is God. This is the father, the son and Holy Spirit all hovered together, looking over what it is that they just did. And we're like, this is awesome. This is amazing. And you know what I think? I think it's impossible for God to see in one part. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we tend to see things in real time, survey them and judge them. I don't think that God just sees things in one part, right? He, he, is or he was he is and he is to come and he sees it all at once and so i'm imagining this moment where he's going he's looking at what it is that he's done not just in that time and space but he's looking at the fullness of all that will be completed he sees us in christ in that moment and he is just like Wow, this is awesome, right? Oh gosh. Okay, we have no choice. We have to go over to 1 Corinthians 12, just in case you're not buying into my story. Yes, Pepper. Astounding. 1 Corinthians 12. And we're gonna start in 1 Corinthians 12. And let's let's just read 12 through 27. This is good stuff. This is really good stuff. Are we loving this? I'm loving this. I feel like I feel like I'm along for the ride because this is like fresh baked cookies. There are things that we talk about that are revelational and they sit bottled up as a fine wine to be served up later on. And then there's fresh baked cookies. This is a fresh baked cookie morning. All right. Verse 12. We are in. Oh, wait. Yeah, I said 12. We are in 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 12. Love me some fresh baked cookies. Same. For even as the body is one and has many members, yet all the members of the body being many are one body. So also is the Christ. For also in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we're all given to drink one spirit. And don't you just love it? that not only were we created as one body and viewed collectively as one body on that original spoken day, but then we were reborn into the same thing, right? We are one body, one ecclesia. Verse 14, for the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body. It is, it is not that because of this, Whew, this translation is weird. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body. It is not that because of this, it is not of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an ear, I'm not an eye rather, I am not of the body. It is not that because of this, it is not of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were the hearing, where would the smelling be? 
But now God has placed the members, each one of them in the body, even as he willed. And if all were one member, where would the body be? But now the members are many, but the body one. I love that. Do you guys love that? And if all were one member, where would the body be? But now the members are many, but the body one. Yes, kingdom mindset. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. But much rather the members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary. Yes, Anne-Marie. And those members of the body, which we consider to be less honorable, these we clothe with more abundant honor and our uncomely members come to have more abundant comeliness, but our comely members have no need, but God has blended the body together. I, I love that line, but God has blended the body together, together, giving more abundant honor to the member that lacked that there would be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same care for one another. And whether one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or one member is glorified, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. He's so thorough, isn't he? He thought of everything. And that last line, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. It's like, you don't, you're not going to lose who you are in this, right? You're not going to lose your distinctness in Christ in this. It's, it's what, what do I add to it? We've been talking a lot about um, what it means to be an asset in the kingdom of God and how can the people in my life spend me well? And this has everything to do with it. Understanding that I am one body, yet I bring something distinct. And without me, the entire world is missing out on a facet of the Godhead. That should excite you and humble you all at the same time. It does me where I'm like, oh my gosh, I represent a facet of the Godhead. There's something in me that is, is bearing his image. Am I spending that image well? Am I representing his image well enough that others can pick up on it, lean into it, and learn to spend it also? That's what it means to be the body. It's like you bring what you have to the table and you display it in such a grandiose manner that I am like, whoa, I see the image of God in you. And suddenly I began to, I began to spend that image, right? I hope that makes sense for you. All right. And this all has everything to do with, and we know in, in Isaiah chapter nine, verse seven, it says, and of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no and the government would be set on the shoulders of Jesus Christ and of his government and of his peace, there will be no end. And that comes directly through his image bearers. I don't know. It's, it's, it's humbling to think that he trusts me to that degree. 
to not only bear his name, wear his image, but also steward his government well. This isn't about just sitting in a corner and looking like him. This is, I look like him, I act like him, I talk like him, and I am carrying his government as an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. I am changing the earth. This is how I subdue it, right? He says, take dominion, subdue it. This is how I do it. By boldly wearing his image and acting like Christ. Complimenting the rest of the body. Not wanting to have my own way, but complimenting. We have got to learn to be complementary body parts. How, how am I complimenting the rest of the body? It should. There sh- it shouldn't be. I, I love the, the scripture in Joel 2 that says that, that, you know, that army that, that he talks about, that he describes, that they wouldn't jostle for position. They're in ranks and they know their role, right? Same with us. I have to know who I am. So I'm not try- trying to usurp who you are. And this happens all the time in the body of Christ. This happens all the time in the church where we are trying to usurp one another's gifts because we are so unsure of ourselves. We are so unsure of who we are in Christ because we haven't learned that bearing his image is actually part of our inheritance. And it is. It is. And if I think about it like that, I handle that with so much more care. Not in a fragile kind of way. You're welcome. But in a manner where I, I understand that, that what I carry matters so much that the body cannot be whole without me representing that facet of the Godhead. This is inheritance. And if we're not starting there, we're going to be spending the rest of our kingdom inheritance out from underneath being image bearers. If I spend the wealth that God has handed me without fully understanding my image in Christ, I won't spend well. This has to take first place. Sonship has to take first place. We've said this for years now that we never, ever, ever graduate from sonship. Ever, ever. We do need to mature. We do need to move on into becoming mothers and fathers. And I feel like a lot of us, we do that well. We, we ache to mother, we ache to father the next generation. But we cannot do that effectively if we are not staying in a place of sonship. We have to understand who we are in Christ first. Yes. I love this topic so much. Okay. Let me bring it back around. You were spoken into existence on that sixth day of creation. Now, whether you believe in literal days or what have you, it makes no difference. You were spoken into existence long before your physical being manifested. And God looked at you in that moment and in the moments to come and declared, whew, 
I did good. All right. I'm going to pray for us. Father, we just thank you for the freshness of your word. We thank you that that your word still rings true today. I thank you that we have a collection of your words. We have record of your words that we can look back on and gain better understanding of. And right now, God, I just hope that my friends feel your beaming smile the same way that I do. The warmth of your presence. The feeling of of family, of oneness, of union, of being in you. And that we would be charged with the purest intention. To not just sit and look like you, but to move like you, talk like you, and desire like you. We absolutely love being yours. And I declare right now that you are filled with good ideas. We love you. Amen. All right, guys. Have a blessed weekend. And make sure that you tune. Oh, hi, Chris. Make sure that you tune in on Sunday morning for whatever it is that God has up his sleeve. In Vince, as Vince. I love saying that. What does what does Jesus look like as you? All right. Talk to you guys soon. <laughs>